0: Seinfeld, the barber is over, but we are just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post show recap. And now, here we go. It's the Enzo and Gino of podcasting. I'm Rob Sestrino. Here's Akiba here. How are you? All right. So are we going to figure out who's
1: Enzo and who's Gino?
0: I mean, probably I'm Enzo. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't
1: want to be Gino though, just because like Gino has bad connotations outside of Seinfeld.
0: Someone <laughs> yeah.
1: might punch me in the jaw.
0: Yeah, you're, uh, see, I always liked the name Gino, but around the time that Dominic was born, that we started talking about, like, a uh, Gino, and then he uh, he would have been Gino Sesternino, but that was the same time that Gino Smith was drafted, and even though Gino Smith had only played, like, a game or two, I'm like, if, if even though Gino Smith actually got out of the gate, kind of okay, like, uh, but it was on the day he was born was this terrible uh, Jets at Titans game in week four. I was like, no, that's officially ISIS. So
1: he would have been, he could w- no, have been no, Gino of no. Gino, just threw a few more touchdowns that day. It would be Gino Sesternino.
0: It's entirely possible, but I have a dog named Reyes. And that was a good reminder never to name anything important after a player from a sport, an active sports player, because it will just break your heart. And within a couple of years of having my dog named Reyes. Uh, Jose Reyes was a Marlin. So I do like the name Gino. I felt like Gino Sesternino would have subjected my child to a lot of teasing and teasing that I would have had no idea even about at the time.
1: Yeah, I I mean, it's tough to have the rhyming name. That's why, like, nothing rhymes with Wienerger, so I'm good. (laughs) But yeah, you never want to name the kid after anybody who's still active like you know anybody who named their kid after like he's not just an athlete you know like if someone named their kid after jared from subway right now nobody
0: got it let's (laughs) let's not even go after the low-hanging fruit but
1: i think with um yeah like if a guy's active then you know he could end on another team it could be like cousin sal named his uh, son romo but he hit it with like a middle name so Mm -hmm. that's not as bad like he could just never say it if if he ends up being bad, I think that's the way to go. You go with the middle name, with the athlete.
0: But you there's never know with any of these people, any of these athletes, whether they get arrested, whether they do, you know, uh, you know, with gambling or, you know, performance enhancing or any, any of this stuff. Yeah,
1: but listen, you could name it after your grandpa and he could do that. I guess so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so we're talking about The Barber, an episode of Seinfeld where... We have a lot of drama going on with the haircut. It's almost like that Jerry is the other woman, or I'm not sure exactly if so. There's some sort of a love triangle going on between Jerry and Gino and Enzo. I'm not sure exactly who is the other woman.
1: Yeah, there's a lot. There's like a lot of like, uh, you know, references to the fact that they're in a relationship and that, uh, you know, that Enzo isn't really like a good boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, but they don't fully commit to the bit.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff like that. A lot of Edward Scissorhands talk. There's the Penske file. There is the the charity auction for dates. So a lot of stuff going on here in The Barber all the way back from November of 1993. Kiva, do you have any Seinfeld news this week?
1: Uh, Sure. Why not? Actually, fine. We'll talk about uh, since we were just discussing names. Impossible names for, you know, children named after celebrities or or pop culture. Uh, there was a it was an article on five thirty eight this week about um, the number of sevens being born in the United States, it, you know, which you'd assume are all based on uh, or most of them, you know, come from uh, Seinfeld and George loving the name seven. Yeah. Uh, but would you guess if seven is primarily a male name or a female name?
0: Hmm feel you know, like Seven is more of a female name.
1: Okay, so that's certainly what I would have thought. And uh, certainly the case in the Seinfeld episode. But uh, there are 1,584 Sevens right now. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot. Uh, and 1,100 of them are men and 484 of them are women.
0: Wow, I wonder if it's also like the kind of thing where there are also people being named Seven who are like, you know, quarterback fans. Like your favorite team's quarterback is a Seven.
1: Sure, like a lot of Ken O'Brien fans from back in the day.
0: Yeah, so that could be it possibly also. It could I be. Know. I, I mean,
1: is there a better number than seven? I don't think so.
0: In terms of like luck? Like a name.
1: Like six, I think, was done on Blossom, right? But I don't think there's a lot of sixes out there.
0: Yeah. Let's go through So one is bad name. Two, three, four, five, six. Six is something. I agree. Six is something. Seven, no, Eight.
1: The problem with eight is you don't want to be like a fat kid. And then it's like, ate oh, eight, eight, eight. all the food in the apartment.
0: Yeah. Nine?
1: You like nine at all? I think nine really, nine, that's like territory that has not been claimed yet. If someone starts with nine, it's possible it could catch on.
0: And are we going into double digits? Yeah,
1: I was thinking, what if you do like 34? 34, no. 34, Sesternino.
0: How about 12? I, I, 12 isn't bad. <laughs> 12 isn't bad. Yeah, there's something there.
1: Dozen, dozen, that's something.
0: Yeah, 11 I think is now, and 10 I feel like there might be something there.
1: Yeah, I think 10 is good. Yeah, 11 is like weird. I actually kind of like 12. 12 is growing on me.
0: Okay, yeah, I like that too.
1: I mean, you need need a baby name, so write this down.
0: (laughs) All right, Akiva, you ready for your Seinfeld trivia question? Sure. In the finale, what food does Helen Seinfeld pack in her suitcase for Jerry when she goes to her son's trial?
1: Oh, I have I have no recollection. You know, I stay away from the finale. I'm I'm you know, uh, I I don't remember a bologna sandwich.
0: No, no, it's American salami. Uh, oh. Breakfast cereal.
1: Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense.
0: Cereal. Okay, Akiva, you ready to talk about the Great Barber, November eleventh, nineteen ninety three? Let's talk about the bar. Written by Andy Robin or Robin. Probably it's probably, probably Robin. Robin. I think I'm I made go up a uh, <laughs> pronunciation of Robin. <laughs> I mean it's spelt exactly like the word Robin. I'm not sure why I made it a Robin, but there you go, Andy Robin. And he tells this, and he said, look, this was based on a true story.
1: Yes, he had a barber that was getting old.
0: Yeah. I I, I think we've all
1: been there. Maybe not with a barber, but with like a something.
0: Yes. I have had this at the dentist recently where the oral hygienist that's there, there is a young woman who does it who is fantastic and then there is this older woman who is not fantastic, very nice, but she talks and talks and talks and she hurts you. Like she is like really like old school and it's like really like getting in there and it's like very painful to go to the uh the you know for your Teeth cleaning.
1: What's more painful, the talking or the physical pain?
0: You could go either way. I mean, I I don't want to be mean, but I I don't want to say that the talking is especially painful, but it's the actual process. And she doesn't do a great job is also the other part of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, can you request like to... I've begun (laughs) to request the... Oh, you can do that? But then like, it's awkward because like she might be friends with the secretary and then the secretary like tells on you, and then you know, I don't know what they do. Yeah, they put a little extra in your in your. Uh, and you
0: know, the other problem was I, I didn't know her name either, no, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I couldn't I didn't know like uh what to say. But the 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 other person who who I ha- had her name I think it was like it was like kaylee or something and i'm like that's not i'm shocked you remembered day. like the
1: young pretty one's name but not the old one
0: yeah but i just knew that she's like i said uh, i just i didn't have to ask i just had asked on that particular day it was like the thing where it was like enzo's day off or was like who's doing it that day like and, and kaylee okay i know that and this that isn't even person. the dentist right this is not just the dentist. The this is the hygienist yeah. so
1: most people are probably not requesting a particular hygienist
0: You know what? I think that I'm not alone. I feel like at one point I did ask, and I I think the person at the desk is, you know, I think a lot of people request not to go with her.
1: Is there only one dentist or are there multiple dentists? One
0: dentist, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. So you can't request a dentist there.
0: Yeah. There's one dentist, but there's like different hygienists that come in different day of the week.
1: All right. Well, good for them for not firing this (laughs) incompetently.
0: Very, again, very nice, but she's getting literally a little long in the tooth.
1: Well, she is going to the dentist. Maybe you can chop <laughs> uh, yeah. off a little
0: bit. So, anyway, I have certainly been there, and I think I've even been there with the, um, you know, with the barber shop. Also, like you try to like get like a different a, the good person to do the haircut.
1: Yeah, it's a little awkward. Like I have, I had the same barber for like my entire life, a guy named Tito, mm-hmm. and I do it. Not that, not that he ever got bad. Like he's definitely older now, but uh it is like awkward you know like uh, like i pass him oh you're gonna come in like how come you haven't been in like a while you know i guess i was cheating on him with another barber right at the time and i saw him and it was like awkward i don't want to run to my barber on the street
0: there was also like back in my hometown there was like a father and son barber shop where you know the son was good and the father was good and that was fine but then they had like a third guy who worked there also benny And he was not good. Like that was like you you were fine if you had the father or the son, but if you had Benny, that was bad.
1: Yeah. So watch out for your uh, barbers out there.
0: (laughs) It's very tricky, and you have to like sort of like figure out your schedule where it's like, okay, I don't want this person, so I have to make sure I don't go on this specific day because I know they're working. You have to sort of like keep track of the schedule, or even like with now. Like I don't have a regular barber shop that I go to, but it's like, okay, well, I, I went on a Monday and this person did a good job. I need to try to go on a Monday again.
1: Yeah, the thing about barbershop that makes it much easier than like the dentist is that even like the smallest town has like eight different barbershops. So yeah. you really have nothing but choice. So if you have a if you have an Enzo situation, the answer is just go to a different shop. Don't go to their shop and try and get the other barber.
0: Yeah. Jerry's problem in this episode was he says that the barbershop is right outside the building.
1: Right. So make a right instead of a left.
0: <laughs> so the episode starts with some stand up. Jerry's talking about the barbershop, shop, the old fashioned barber shop. He says that they don't make a lot of money he thinks because they have to buy the $20,000 chair. Does that seem a bit apocryphal, Akiva?
1: Yeah, I mean I guess he's just saying that like the chair is too fancy for such like a sort of like a, a you know a cheap type of uh activity. But I yeah, I don't think the barber chairs are more than a couple hundred bucks.
0: Yeah. I think that's probably a fair
1: point. They have to buy a lot of product, though. I feel like the product, I always look at that like, oh, that must be expensive. But maybe the places are sending it and, you know, in case people want to buy it.
0: And he says that how about you spend some money and improve the magazines? Oh, man, imagine how torturous it must have been in a pre-smartphone era to have to rely on other people to have stuff to pass your time when you're waiting.
1: Yeah, you'd go there and it would be like, you know, a four month old Sports Illustrated if you were lucky. It would be like a lot of parenting and child magazines.
0: Yeah, uh, it's pretty brutal. Terrible. Yeah, I don't need any
1: parenting help, guys.
0: <laughs> I think at one point I had a subscription to a parent magazine, but I don't know how I got it. What
1: before you were a parent?
0: I want to say like in the era, probably like a year or two before. I don't know. I must have been like subscribed to like something and then I just got another subscription to something. I don't think I ever read it.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the yeah, the magazine uh, quality, like... It's much better at the dentist than at the barbershop.
0: Sure. Okay, so we end up seeing George starting off the episode in an interview. He's interviewing for a position. Do we have any idea what kind of company this is? Yes. Uh, yes, yeah, so and they make a rest rest stop supply company.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I don't have any idea what type of company that is, but I can tell you it's a rest stop supply company. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean?
0: Besides paper towels and toilet paper, and I guess sort of like the... What do you call those things that are sort of like these sani protector toilet seat covers? Yeah, is that it? Is that the limit of what they make? Do they make? Soap? Well, what
1: if like the rest stop also has like uh, it's one of those bigger rest stops and they have a bunch of restaurants?
0: I guess so. Do they sell the napkins?
1: They sell like the like the, the the plastic utensils and the ketchup and the mustard also
0: maybe. Boy, is this a big business? I mean, there's looks like there's like thirty employees here.
1: Right there's a few, there's enough employees that. Uh, You know, George basically goes unnoticed. Um, Maybe they're the only people. Like, they have a patent on all these things. And they, you know, they do this for every rest stop in the whole country. That might be a big business.
0: If you were this company, do you have New York City offices? I feel like, don't you just have, like, a warehouse?
1: Right. I guess, how many offices, like, how many people do they need, like, (laughs) crunching numbers?
0: I don't know. That, I don't know. And And this wasn't very well
1: thought out, this rest stop supply (laughs) company.
0: So George is in the interview with Mr. Tuttle, and uh, they, lo- they are talking about the company. They are small and prestigious, uh, much like George. And what Mr. Tuttle likes about George is that he understands everything. And so the last thing he says to him before he ends up going onto a phone call is, I want you to have this job, of course. But we never ultimately find out what the of course was.
1: Right, because the second time when we have this with Penske... You know, the the sort of flip side, the that, of course, or it's not an of course, but is uh, is negative. But here, obviously, it ends up being positive because we find at the end that, you know, he did intend to give George the job.
0: What do you think it was going to be? Because ultimately, he is not surprised to see that George has started work on his vacation. I mean, you could imagine where he says, I want to have this job. Of course, I'm going to be on vacation all next week. So why don't you come in the week after? He no, has no surprise of like, why did you come in this week? So it was just, of course, I'll have to cancel all the other interviews I have scheduled today because you're the man for the job.
1: Yeah, I think that would one of that. I have to cancel the interviews. Of course, you know, we have to talk after I come back from Hawaii. Uh, you know, something like that. I, I, you know, of course, you know, you might say, of course, I have to interview everybody else. But, you know, I, I assume you're going to be the best one even after I finish my interviews.
0: Okay. So... George is in the diner with Jerry and Elaine and they're talking about exactly what happened and they're trying to guess what the, of course, could have been. Jerry suggests that it might have been sodomy is a prerequisite.
1: Yeah, don't know what's going on there.
0: Little racy. Little
1: racy. Every <laughs> <Tamer> time.
0: <laughs> and then Elaine also says uh, that I, the, of course, could have been, I want you to have this job. Of course, the board of directors is under indictment and will be serving time. Uh, That will loom large uh, with Mr. Penske later in the episode.
1: Yeah, I like that they're calling back to something, one of these throwaway lines here.
0: Very well done. And so we end up with the story of Gino and Enzo because Kramer comes in. He has a great haircut and it is a Gino joint. It is a Gino haircut, not an Enzo haircut.
1: By the way, these names are a little too similar. I'm going to mix these names up 50 times in the next hour.
0: Gino and Enzo, you're going to because they're four letters and end with O? Yeah, I
1: think so. You, you, you have it in your head, at the top of your head. You know which one's Gino, which one's Enzo? I do. Okay. I mean, obviously, okay, so Enzo, uncle, Gino, nephew. I'm going to forget again. But
0: we'll, yeah, and I think that Enzo is traditionally more of an older guy's name. Not that Gino is always a, a young guy, but I feel like I, in my head, I would imagine Enzo to be the older guy. Uh, that's fair.
1: Yeah. Uh, the actor played Enzo is uh, now in the uh, great barbershop in the sky.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> it was, uh, thank you, Enzo, for your service, cutting all the hair uh, throughout all, all the days and and your and the laughs you gave us in the barbershop. <laughs> thank you. Enzo. All right. So Elaine is doing some sort of bachelor auction. Is this odd to you that Elaine is in charge of the bachelor auction?
1: Yeah, this is really one of those examples of like, oh, we need a C story for Elaine, uh, but we only have eight sentences to discuss it during the entire episode. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it like, it's really, you know, it needed like another scene for it to become anything. Uh, it's also like, I feel like that's something that happened in a lot of nineties television shows, The Bachelor Auction. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it was happening in real life and I really wonder if it's happening at all nowadays.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel like this is not. Super PC, the (laughs) paid money for a date with somebody?
1: Well, I'd say the Bachelorette auction would be a little less PC than the Bachelor auction.
0: Sure thing. So I don't know if this is going on too much. I would be interested to hear from any of our listeners if they know of this actively going on anywhere. But Elaine is in charge of this. Again, this is the second time so far. What are we, only nine episodes into season five, if that? I'm sorry, eight episodes into season five, and this is the second time that Elaine is sort of in a position of importance for some charity. Can we assume that this is also for the same charity that was clothing the homeless?
1: Yeah, very, very possibly it could be the same charity. It's not discussed. Listen, she's at Penn publishing. That's a big name. They probably say like, Hey, we need someone for a board of our charity. And you know, uh, the boss doesn't want to do it himself. So he sends Elaine.
0: So they sent Elaine. And so Kramer wants to be in the bachelor auction. He says that he could raise enough money to cure polio.
1: Yeah, I bet he could. I bet after he did it, polio would be cured.
0: (laughs) So Kramer says, Jerry needs to go to see Gino because it's Enzo's day off and he won't have to run into Enzo and then it'll be a perfect plan. So he goes off to go do it. Elaine says, we need you to get a haircut for the bachelor auction. I'm going to get a haircut tomorrow. You are. Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, I'm,
1: don't you think the, the uncle-nephew relationship is a very difficult work relationship?
0: Yeah, that is interesting.
1: Like, I could, I can't imagine, like, I could see myself working for my dad. Like, we would argue all day. My father worked, has worked for his father for 30 years. And, mm-hmm. like, they probably, I would, I don't want to say they yell at each other. My grandfather yells at my father my father takes it. But, like, the uncle, like, that's one thing. Like, if it was your uncle, because your uncle will fire you. Like, your dad won't really
0: fire you, I don't think.
1: That's really that's really messy. I don't I don't I have a bunch of uncles. I don't know if I'd want to work for any of them.
0: I wonder if this relationship started off really good, where Gino, the young buck, he had an interest in Uncle Enzo's business, and at first it was like, oh, it was so cute, like he wanted to sweep up the shop, and and Uncle Enzo was happy to have the help around, and it was family, and he trusted him. But what he didn't realize was that Gino has a gift. Gino is kind of like the Edward Scissorhands. He's the person that, once those shears start moving, that he creates magic. And all of a sudden, people don't want Enzo haircuts. And Enzo's already sensitive about this, that he just didn't know how good the kid was going to be. Like, he thought it was fine. Oh, great, I'll have another person in the family business. But then, at the point where now Enzo's being pushed out the door, now there's a lot of friction there with Enzo and Gino.
1: Well, let me blow your mind, because it's never said that, I don't think it's ever said, that it's Enzo's store. It's, could it, be, could it the, be Gino's store? No,
0: the sign says Enzo's.
1: Oh, the sign does say Enzo. Okay. Yeah. But is it possible at this point they're 50-50 partners? No, I don't think so. But like, Gino's so good, he's bringing in all the business. Gino's probably like, I'm walking away unless you make me, you know, give me at least an equity stake in this company.
0: <laughs> I don't think that Gino is going anywhere. I think that he's bonded to the family. But I think that Enzo could be closer to retirement than, and then gino will then continue the business
1: i do think enzo's is a better name for a barber shop than gino's i feel like gino's is always a food store no
0: yeah kind of nice yeah sure so jerry goes in to go get the haircut from gino but guess what enzo's there Like jerry
1: i guess it's also like he's the owner so it makes sense he's there on his day off
0: yeah although like
1: day like day off for a barber i don't even know like Aren't barbershops usually closed like one of the seven days a week, like on Mondays or something?
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. But maybe, you know, he had a doctor's appointment, he had a personal day, something like that.
1: I don't know. And if he really loved being a barber, Enzo, he'd suck it up and he'd, you know, wait for his next, when the shop was closed to take his doctor's appointment.
0: Who said Enzo loves being a barber?
1: <laughs> uh, I, I mean, he, I mean, he, he probably loved it. it at one point. I bet he used to love being a barber.
0: Maybe he did. Maybe he, like, he just needed a, a
1: job. You think he was always a hack? You don't think he was ever a good barber, Enzo?
0: I don't know. He probably, like, uh, you know, the depression happened. He needed a job. He said, here, cut hair.
1: This episode is really a tragedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's not what Enzo wanted to do with his life. You think he wanted to be a CPA or
0: something? Maybe he wanted to be a kosher butcher.
1: I mean, he. Could, I guess he could have been a mole. It's the same skill set, right? Yeah.
0: So... Um, enzo is like pushing jerry into the chair trying to force him into the chair and he says uh jerry i'm gonna do something special for you i'm gonna give you uh something that you're really gonna like
1: i do it's, it's a little bit like when they say like oh the doctor's gonna give you the real medicine now yes like why why didn't he why doesn't he always give him something special why is he just giving the good haircut now
0: now he's giving him the good haircut and so for jerry because he's so loyal uh, he's been
1: with him for 12 years he says
0: he says, uh, you tell the joke, I cut the hair. You tell her the joke, I cut her the
1: hair. I love that. <laughs> right. Do, are they like a little too, I mean, you're Italian. Are they a little too like caricature It's They're almost supposed to be in this episode caricature
0: It doesn't offend me to have Gino and Enzo there. I believe I saw both Gino and Enzo as believable characters. I did not think that, you know, they were making fun of Gino or Enzo in either instance. Right. But I, I think
1: in general, the episode with the music intends to be a little bit more slapsticky than way more slapsticky than the average. Certainly. Episode. But it I feel like takes itself it's, less seriously.
0: I think that they are parodying opera and sort of like being dramatic in terms of it, it being an episode that's sort of like borrowing from the Barber of Seville, which I do not know about. You may know me way more about that than I do, but I don't no, think that no. anything was you know, uh, really making fun of these two guys.
1: No, no, I don't think so. I, I th- there's probably uh, in this episode also more sort of uh, like a little bit more of an homage to like 50s and 60s comedy, like very slapsticky, very, you know, it's a, it's sort of like lowest common denominator, which they even allude to in the, like, the inside look a little bit.
0: So we end up seeing back in the apartment George is with Jerry and George is making fun of the haircut that Jerry has. Uh, he says that uh jerry has been massacred he looks like he's five years old yeah he's got to get out of the relationship yeah akiva have you uh had any bad haircut stories
1: huh no, so, so here's the thing with that barber tito like it would it would get awkward towards the end because i'd be like in my like mid-20s and i would come home and i don't know anything about what also like i you know they always say like the barber shows you the back of your head yeah but I'm not wearing glasses when I get the haircut. Like, my glasses are on his, like, desk. So I can't, I never see. I just, like, nod and whatever. And then I don't even look at my haircut. And then I get home. So a couple of times my mom would be like, Oh, your haircut is terrible. Or he, like, <laughs> left it way too long. And then she would send me back. Like, one, like when I was younger, she, like, would bring me back and, like, uh,
0: you gotta, like, fix this for free, you know? There's not a lot you can really do on the bad haircut. No, if, it,
1: unless it's like he just left it too long, that, that's really, uh, yeah. That's, that's easy you know, that's salvageable. But other than that, you kind of have to wear a hat or, you know, a bigger yarmulke if you're me.
0: <laughs> All right. So it, there's a lot of pressure now on Jerry that he needs to start seeing somebody else. And this is where we're starting to really get the boyfriend, girlfriend thing going on. And Kramer is coming in and he says uh, he's blown away by this. No way my Gino did that. He says about the haircut. Also, very subdued entrance for Kramer. I think that maybe the crazy big ovation for Kramer might be on its way out.
1: Yeah, I think it's a thing of the past. Yeah, this is an Enzo. It's not a Gino. Again, with Jerry here, like just go. Even if it's just for one time, just go to a different barber shop. What are you meddling in the in the uncle nephew relationship here for?
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know if he's necessarily meddling in the relationship, but he doesn't want to hurt Enzo's feelings. The thing about
1: messing with your barber, it's a little bit different than messing with like uh, your tailor. Sure, it's dicey. Yeah, because he's he's got he's got the scissors. He could yeah. he could accidentally snip you and what are they they're going to prosecute him?
0: He's yeah. a barber. Kramer says if Jerry doesn't call up Gino, then he will. He's going to take this into his hands. Yeah,
1: that that's like let let Jerry do it himself,
0: Kramer. <laughs> All right, so George has a plan about what to do with this situation. And so What George is going to do, just like Missy, he is going to just show up. And I feel like we've seen George at least attempt this before back when he quit back in season. Was that season two, I believe? Yeah.
1: Yes. And then he just showed up again
0: and he's just going to show up and he's just going to start work on Monday.
1: Yeah. And while it is a brilliant sort of idea, like if he was hired, then they were going to, you know, they're going to hire him. And if, you know, if not, then they're going to, you know, the second Tuttle walks back in, he's going to kick him out. So it's not foolproof.
0: That's right. I mean, should George not be starting this job based on that? Nobody has told him what day to come in. Nobody has told him what time to come in. They haven't talked salary. They haven't talked anything. Is George being super presumptive here that he has the job?
1: Well, of course, but even more than that, He doesn't even know what the job is. So when he's taking the job, you know, he could at least have one of these guys sit down with him for a few minutes and like explain what he has to do. Like there's no reason why he just like doesn't do the work.
0: Is he just so desperate for any job that he needs this and he can't like risk this at all? Because this doesn't seem like this is like the job with the Yankees where it's the dream job that I can't not get this job.
1: Or is he just so desperate for any human interaction that he wants to come to the office?
0: Okay, so he's going to go there, and the thing is that Mr. Tuttle is on vacation, and so either he will come in and be there for a week, and Mr. Tuttle will say, what are you doing here? Or everything will go perfectly, and the only downside is if Mr. Tuttle kicks him out in front of everybody, that will be humiliating, and that's like, for George, nothing.
1: Right. And fun fact, this is a different Mr. Tuttle than Saved by the Bell.
0: Yes, that is a different one. (laughs) Then... We have George showing up on the first day and there's a big office and the small office. George says that he will take the small office. And again, nobody looks like they know that he's starting there. Akiva, was this the smart move to take the small office?
1: Well, he just takes the small office to prevent the phone call from happening. Because if he calls Jack and then Jack says, oh, I'm not aware of this person. And they say, hold it right there. We got to get in touch with Tuttle before you start working. So George wants to be as low maintenance and under the radar as possible.
0: Right. And that's why I think the small office is the way to go. Despite the phone call thing. I also feel like it's also a smart move because being in the big office, I feel like there's a lot of corporate politics of like there's other people vying for the big office. If you're just in the small office, if you're the person that nobody's trying to take your spot, it's a situation with a lot less pressure at any given company.
1: Yeah. And and especially as the new guy, you don't want to be the new guy coming in and having a bigger office than some of your coworkers.
0: Right. You don't have any idea of what people are gunning for you and stuff like that.
1: Well, right. this is why we both work from home, because we each get the only office.
0: <laughs> that's right. And so George is handed the Penske file.
1: Yes. And I, do you think that's the Penske company? Like, don't they like, or is that a totally different? Is this a totally different thing?
0: Why? What do you mean? What's the distinction?
1: I have no idea. Like, isn't there a company Penske? What do they make like tires or something?
0: <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. We have to look into that. Uh, but Penske, the guy comes there later on. There's a Penske truck rental.
1: Yes, I. But like, it is amazing that George like never figures out what they do. Or he literally, the only thing he does the whole week is you know put the stuff into the different binders in his folder.
0: Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what he is supposed to be doing. Yeah, this is terrible of the company.
1: Like, other than the fact that they're hiring employees who weren't like allowing employees to work who weren't really hired yet, like giving this person no direction. Like HR doesn't come speak to him. You know, the, like nothing at all. They give him nothing. No paperwork for his, uh, you know, what his salary is. I mean, this place, like this place is going downhill. I'm shocked this place hasn't been ordered by the feds and the board of directors is is going to be indicted.
0: Well, it's very possible they could no longer exist. Oh,
1: by now, there's no way this place still exists. <laughs> In the fictional world of Seinfeld, this place closed immediately. Pence, probably what Penske did is they like they were going to go under. And I bet they dropped a dime. On this company. Yeah. To, you know, like, oh, you think we're bad. Let me tell you about the people. <laughs> like, our, you know.
0: Let me tell you what Tuttle is up to.
1: Yeah. We don't know the company's name, right? We just know it's Tuttle.
0: Yeah. They're going to take them down. I think that it probably is at some point. I think there is some mention of what they are. Oh, Sanilac. Like, it's-
1: Sanilac. Yeah. Oh, they're done. Sanilac does not exist anymore.
0: Yeah. All right. So then we are going to see George in that small office and it goes from like 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. very quickly.
1: And this was painful, by the way, because like it brought back so many so many times it does on Seinfeld, but, like it brought back like the idea that like you would just be alone with your own thoughts for eight hours, you know, like he, like what was George doing in this room? He's like playing the drums on his desk. Maybe he went to get <laughs> he probably went for like a two hour lunch, you know, yeah, like 11 to 115 lunch type thing. But still, like what was George doing all day? I'm not sure. You would do work back in the day. You could do work like just by accident. Because, yeah. Like you'd fall into work just because there was nothing better to do. Now that doesn't happen anymore. I don't think anybody works nowadays. Is that real? Like, does anyone really work? No. no. I like, do you have, do you know anybody? Uh, okay, I'll tell you who works. Teachers work? Because mm-hmm. they have to. You can't just like stand in front of the class and like, you know, be like FaceTiming people. And, so
0: basically what you're saying, anybody that is sitting at a desk attached to a box connected to the internet is not working?
1: Most of the day. Like, teachers work, doctors work, uh... You know, like guys who, 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 you know, guys who work on like cars work, physical yeah. laborers, but anybody who's sitting in an office, they're getting 90 minutes done in an eight hour day. Okay. Max. So what's the solution? Uh, you got to get rid of the internet.
0: Got to shut it down. Got to go back to the pre internet era. <laughs> wow. Okay. So people would be more efficient on just like word processors.
1: Yeah, or like you have to like heavily track your employee's internet access.
0: Yeah, it's no fun, but I definitely understand what you're
1: saying. I, th- I think you kind. I'm not saying you should do that. Certainly, yeah. if you
0: like employ me, don't do that. But I, I like it's not a great. And if you're an employer, you don't want your workers to not be listening to podcasts. But but it's even people go on their phone. It is really very you know it's very tough to police. Right, right. Back in the day, right, you
1: could just like check someone's Google search history, whatever. But. Right. Now you're like, okay, fine, you're checking that. I'm just gonna be on my phone. You're right.
0: Yeah. All right. So George does talk about what he did during the day when he's at the diner with Jerry. And it looks like George is eating a steak at Monks. Uh, do you think is that suspect to you at all? Yeah. Did you get the steak at Monks. No, you don't get the steak at Monks. <laughs> like the you go with that we always talk
1: about like you go with the place's specialty, you know? If the place is known for their calzones, you order a calzone. Never don't don't go like you know, way off the menu, like, oh, you guys serve fish? And then, like, the the waitress is like, let me check. Right. And it comes back, it's like, yeah, we serve fish. Like, don't, you can do order a
0: burger at Monk's, right?
1: Yeah, but I don't think, because you, you can't mess up a burger that badly. Uh, you know, also, it's like, how often does it get ordered? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, how, you know, with the steak, it's like, it's sitting there, who knows where, for weeks before someone orders one. Because the diner, they have a million things on their menu. A burger is safe. Yeah, nobody's going to mess up the burger.
0: Anyway, so George is eating the steak. He's talking about how it was Grace's birthday, and George made a toast at the birthday.
1: They show you like (laughs) a little cutaway of like people saying, like, who is he?
0: Okay, so Elaine comes in. Jerry's wearing a ball cap, and she wants to see the haircut. And he doesn't want to, but eventually he shows it, and Elaine can't believe it.
1: And it's like real laughing when he does it, because like she starts laughing, and then George, or Jason Alexander here, is laughing at, like, Julia laughing. It's funny.
0: Yeah, they're very, very funny. And so George tells Elaine, hey, with this charity auction, he would do it, but he's working that day. She has a very funny reaction to that. She's like, oh, you don't say.
1: George is usually more self-aware about things like that than this. <laughs> like, he knows that he's not wanted at this bachelor auction. But I guess confident George is much different than, than like, no job George, no? Like, right now, he's got a gig. Yeah. I mean, he's eating the steak. (laughs) He's eating the steak. (laughs)
0: Yes. I think that's a tell.
1: He's on top of the world.
0: All right. So then we see Gino at the barbershop with Kramer and he's giving him a shave with like the straight razor. And Kramer is talking about how bad Jerry's haircut is, how Gino needs to save him.
1: Yeah. And they're they're also like, there's no reason. Like, I understand Enzo's English isn't great. Gino's English should be much better.
0: Like, Gino is the second be, generation. It's possible, but you know you don't know what Gino's parents are. you know it's an uncle relationship. you don't know So if, you're saying you know, Enzo
1: came over first, but then Gino was still in like Parma, Italy, and he just got over here.
0: Right, that Uncle Enzo could have been on the phone with his brother and uh, tells him like, uh, you gotta come to America and and then uh, you you know, your little boy, he can work in my barber shop. And then so uh, maybe he's first generation there. Okay,
1: that's, that's, uh, that's fair. But uh, yeah, so Gino, Gino knows that Enzo's a little crazy.
0: He knows he's a little crazy. And that's why when Enzo walks in, he changes the subject to Edward Scissorhands. And he starts talking about how he loves Edward Scissorhands. It's the best movie. And Enzo hates Edward Scissorhands.
1: So we have to ask, what's your opinion on Edward Scissorhands?
0: I think I like Edward Scissorhands. I am not. Would you
1: rewatch it now? If it was on like HBO 4 and you were just surfing the channel at night, nothing to do.
0: I think it would be one of those movies it would be hard to turn off once you have it on. Yeah.
1: I was afraid of it a lot when I was a little kid. Yeah. (laughs) It scared me. So I don't know if I'd go back to that well. I feel like it would bring up like demons.
0: And I'm sure I would get it a lot more. Like I feel like, you know, Tim Burton is really good. You know, whatever he does. And so I think that it would be very fun to go back and, and watch that now. I think it would probably be like an even more enjoyable experience than I had at watching it at like, you know, 10 years old, 12 years old, whenever it came out.
1: Would Johnny Depp make you cry?
0: I don't think so. I don't know 100%. Uh, what year is Edward hands? 91? Yeah. Is that right? Uh, it's early 90. 90. 90. So a little bit of a guess but. uh Interesting about uh, Edward Scissorhands hands and how he loves it, but Enzo says, "How does he go to the bathroom? What does he do in the bathroom?"
1: Yeah, it's a good question.
0: It is a good question. <laughs> does is it, does Edward's hands own a bidet?
1: See, I I really have would have to like watch a few minutes just to get back into like what what the rules are. Like, is it possible he doesn't need to go to the bathroom? Again, but, the rules are different for him. His hands are scissors.
0: Yeah, um, I don't think he's a robot. I think He's a person. Yeah, but I
1: feel like. Uh, I feel like he doesn't go to the bathroom, Edward Scissors.
0: Yeah, okay. That's, I mean, that's possible. I don't know if he eats anything in the movie. I kind of feel like he does.
1: I, um, I, you saying he's not a robot, but I think he's like even more than a robot. I think he's like, uh, like a different species.
0: So according to the um, little synopsis on Google, uh, a scientist builds an animated human being. Uh, yeah. The scientist dies before he can finish assembling Edward, uh, though leaving the young man with a freakish appearance accentuated by the scissor blades he has instead of hands. Loving suburban saleswoman discovers Edward and takes him home, where he falls for Peg's teen daughter. However, despite his kindness and artistic talent, Edward's hands make him an outcast. Probably would uh, strike a chord with audiences even... Now more than in 1990.
1: You think they should re-release it in like Blu-ray HD type of things, like bring it back to the theaters? Maybe.
0: <laughs> sure. Why not? The story about not fitting in. I mean, Johnny
1: Depp is so especially like overseas. Johnny Depp is supposed to like the guy. So yeah. you could re-release this overseas now. I feel like it would do well.
0: Yeah. Um. I, let me see. Is Edward Scissorhands a is human? Let's see.
1: Well, they said uh, it animated. They like an, they brought him back. I don't think he's human.
0: Hmm. So. Is he a robot, an alien? I
1: don't think he's a robot. He's not an alien. He's just like, uh, he's almost like a clone. But there's no reason why they would clone him and make him go to the bathroom.
0: Hmm. All right. So I'm looking at, they say that Edward is a creation from his father, like creator, uh, wanted to make Edward different than everybody else. But he eats and he can die. So I don't really know exactly. Oh, he what can he die. <laughs> yeah. Don't
1: tell me if he does die, just in case I rewatch the movie. <laughs> yeah,
0: I believe... That he he can die, so I don't what know. Did you, oh no! See,
1: that's a little bit of a spoiler.
0: Well, I mean, well, he could and be can in die. danger. He could be in danger. I, honestly, I don't remember. I don't remember how it ends. I really, I really don't. Yeah, I know his inventor dies.
1: Oh, see, Now you're ruining the whole thing.
0: And that's why he doesn't have. Now, hands. just tell me what happens at the end. <laughs> that's why he I'm not going to give you spoilers on it Edwards' hands. It's 25 years ago. <laughs> isn't
1: the spoiler spoiler warning i think only goes 20 years
0: okay uh, according to imdb how does the movie end kim follows edward back to the castle she assures him that kevin is okay and tells him how afraid she was suddenly jim am- played by anthony michael hall appears brandishing a gun kim steps between them attempting to stop jim but he kicks jim aside and he begins beating edward Kim picks up a board and whacks Jim with it. When he falls onto the floor, she thrusts one of Edward's scissors under his chin and vows to kill him if he doesn't stop. Once again, Jim pushes her aside and goes after Edward until, in self-defense, Edward stabs him with a scissor blade. Jim falls through the window, and he hits the ground. And then as the neighbors reach the castle, Edward says goodbye to Kim, and she tells him that she loves him. She rushes outside, grabbing an old scissor hand on the way out and then tells the crowd that Jim and Edward are both dead, having killed each other. She shows them a scissor hand as proof. And then Grandma Kim tells her granddaughter that she never saw Edward again. When her granddaughter says she could have gone up to the castle to see him, Kim says that she would rather uh, remember him as uh, he was. And then uh, the girl asks Kim how she knows that he's still alive. She says that she doesn't, but she explains that before Edward came down from the castle... It never snowed like it does now. And then they look out the window and it's snowing. Sometimes you can still catch me dancing in it. She smiles and in the final scene, Edward, looking like he did years ago, is suddenly sculpting away at a block of ice, sending out billows of snow out the castle window. A flashback of a young Kim is shown dancing with the snow. So, I think he's alive. It's like every 80s movie ever. Except with, uh, with you know, scissor I hope hands. I didn't ruin Edward's scissor hands too much for anybody. It's a beautiful dream. I think I I think with the uh, with the Edward Scissorhands
1: also like, you know, he I don't know. Like there's always that uncle, like the Anthony Michael Hall role, <laughs> you know, up. it's like there's so many of those in, in like ninety and <laughs> 80s and 90s movies.
0: Anthony Michael Hall was gainfully employed for an entire decade.
1: Yeah, I mean, even more, probably. I, yeah, yeah I, I, now I kind of want to go back and watch it, but you spoiled the ending, so I'm not going to.
0: Also, are there any plans for a sequel? No. Tim Burton considers Edward Scissorhands to be his most personal project and has stated that he would never create a sequel because he believes it would only rob the film of its purity.
1: How much do you think we need to pay Burton for this for the rights? <laughs> we already, we're already in deep for the Back to the Future rights. We're talking like 20.
0: All right. Remake Edward Scissorhands. Here we go. <laughs> Who are we casting for the new Edward? No. Oh, we're uh, going back to Johnny Depp. We're going back to Johnny, Johnny Depp is still oh, you Edwards can't. As a hands. He's like
1: really close with Tim Burton, no. right? Not Johnny
0: Depp it. is the new Vincent Price. He's the man that creates Edwards as a hands.
1: Who's Anthony Michael Hall?
0: <laughs> That's a different story. For, well, let's,
1: well, how about Zach Efron? <laughs> sure.
0: I'm not, let's, let's, I'm not doing this today. I'm, we're not, we're not recasting Edwards as a hands.
1: <laughs> Fine. Zach Galifianakis, last, last question. Fine. Okay, let's keep going.
0: <laughs> okay, so... Enzo hates Edward Scissorhands. uh, That much we've established. So we see now Gino up at Jerry's apartment. And Gino is getting ready to cut Jerry's hair. And he's talking about how Jerry has such nice hair and how Enzo's so lucky he gets to cut Jerry's hair. He must tell you that all the time. And Jerry's like, no, actually, he doesn't tell me that anymore. But then we see a knock at the door, and it's Uncle Enzo. The
1: craziest thing about Seinfeld is how often... In the 90s, people used to come over without telling you they were coming over first.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uncle Enzo just like pops in. And why does Enzo come to the apartment?
1: He comes to the apartment to tell him that he was wrong about Edward Scissorhands. He loves Edward Scissorhands now.
0: Yeah, oh, I have this backwards. They're, They're in Gino's apartment, not Jerry's apartment. They'll be in Jerry's apartment later. Yes. So it's not that awkward for Uncle Enzo to come to Gino's apartment
1: right but he's still coming on unannounced
0: yeah but he's coming to say he's watched edward scissor hands and it was a beautiful dream and he loved it.
1: that johnny depp he making me cry
0: (laughs) and so he finds the hair on the ground and he says you're doing haircuts in the apartment and isn't this kind of crazy that gino is just cutting hair on a rug yeah
1: of course like he's a barber he should know listen i know jerry's hair is very special he's saying but you couldn't find like a newspaper or something to put on the floor
0: or do it like in the kitchen where there's not a rug. I mean, you're going to right. Be I was going to say
1: the bathroom, but maybe it's weird for them to be in the
0: bathroom cutting the hair. <laughs> I don't know. So we end up seeing Kramer and Jerry and ultimately, I mean, they never finished the haircut. I don't understand how they were just like, was Gino just like, I can't do this. Uh, it's uh, uh, I'm t- too scared that Enzo is going to come back.
1: Right. Because Jerry, like later on, Gino goes out the window in Jerry's apartment.
0: It doesn't but- make any sense why after Enzo leaves, they wouldn't just do the haircut.
1: It makes no sense.
0: Unless Jerry's like, Oh, I got a set in ten minutes. I gotta be out of here. Mm,
1: still, he would have gotten the haircut. Like it makes <laughs> would have got the haircut. It, like, unless they're just nervous, like we we don't want we don't know what to do now because Enzo might might figure us out.
0: Okay. So Kramer and Jerry are talking and they think that Enzo might have known and Elaine comes in and she wants somebody to go to the charity auction she wants Jerry specifically to go to the charity auction. He can't get the haircut. She has to take the K Man.
1: Yeah, I mean Kramer. Like, I feel like he'll do well in the charity auction because you're always going to find one person who's into Kramer.
0: On paper, sure, but that doesn't really play out that way.
1: No, but I feel like uh, you know, it's Kramer is like a reasonable person to bring to a charity auction. Okay,
0: so then we end up with Newman in the barber chair with Enzo, and Enzo is going on and on about how uh, Newman he's just so loyal, he's such a nice guy, and so. I was talking about what a great guy Newman is and how Newman is funny. And it's lots of shots passive aggressively at Jerry and Gino is starting to feel like the jig is up. But how
1: do they, like, I always like, like how do they know that Jerry and Newman know each other? It's weird.
0: I think everybody knows everybody. I mean, this is apparently a barbershop that's on the corner of Jerry and Newman's building. So I think there's a lot of talk about how who lives there, who lives up in that building. He knows Kramer. He knows Newman. He knows Jerry seems like all three of those guys all go to this barbershop.
1: Yeah, but at the same time?
0: I don't think at the same time, but I probably, that everybody knows Gino and Enzo. So I think that there's a lot of talk about who knows who, who lives in what building. And I think, you know, Kramer is such a gossip. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and so then we end up seeing that when Gino leaves, he feels like uh, he needs to go tell Jerry about what's going on. Enzo propositions Newman. And he wants to give him six months of free haircuts if he can go get a sample of Jerry's hair.
1: And Newman is like similarly cheap to George because like Newman knows Enzo's not a great barber. Like he said himself when, when Enzo said, how's the haircut? He's
0: like, He's it's said a little crooked. crooked.
1: <laughs> so like Newman is just doing this for like to save a few dollars. How many haircuts? Do you get your haircut every four weeks?
0: Probably every six.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'm like leaning towards eight. So yeah. it's not like such a great deal. How much <laughs> was a haircut in 1993.
0: And especially an Enzo haircut.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe it was expensive. Maybe that's part of the problem.
0: And so they make a deal and Newman negotiates. He wants a year of haircuts and a comb. Like what's the retail value on the comb?
1: Yeah. I thought he meant like he wants him to comb his hair every time. Like I, 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 I it doesn't make he actually
0: sense. He literally wants a comb.
1: Yeah. So he's just like a hoarder, basically Newman.
0: <sighs> I think so. So then we end up seeing George back at work. Mr. Penske has come in. And so Penske is looking for tunnel. He tells him that he's on vacation. But Penske is very impressed with the state of the Penske file.
1: Uh, yeah, I do think like uh, Penske is this guy is easy to please. Too bad he couldn't go work for him. <laughs> Arthur Penske. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so he's really impressed. He's like, uh, wow, you really are Penske material. Have you ever considered coming to work for me? And uh, he ends up with instead of, of course, he has the now you are aware. And then it's like, uh, Mr. Penske, your car's being towed. He's like, oh, I got to get out of here.
1: Like and this place, so they sell stuff for, um, what's it called? Like rest stop, rest stops, uh, supplies. Sure. What do you think Penske does? What does the Penske company do?
0: They're probably the biggest. Uh, do they have all the all the rest stops? You think? Oh, do they own the rest stops? I or? think that's the
1: only way they could be doing business with them. They own the rest stops. Unless they're unless they have make like the forks and the knives or the ketchup and the mustard.
0: Yeah, could they make some of the stuff that they distribute? They could. So maybe they make the toilet paper. Is that what's going on?
1: I mean, they can't be so important. Like, George is getting this account on the first day. Mm-hmm. He's a junior worker there. He's not, like, getting their main client, I would think.
0: <laughs> maybe they hired somebody just to work on the Penske account.
1: I guess. I mean, I, this place is, so, is, there's such mayhem going on here that maybe George is working with their most important client.
0: Okay, so we end up seeing now Jerry and Gino, and he's now in Jerry's apartment and now Newman comes in and Gino explains Newman was in the shop. So he knows that something is up. Newman needs to use Jerry's bathroom. Are you surprised that Jerry lets Newman use his bathroom?
1: Uh, yeah, it's Jerry should not be letting Newman use his bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Again, the hatred between Jerry and Newman is I mean, it's much higher after this episode, but they've only had a few interactions so far. And the first couple were kind of positive. Yes. So it's not it's not at its peak yet.
0: But we saw in the non-fat yogurt last week that Newman vowed to get revenge on Jerry.
1: That is true. So like he should be watching his back. But what kind of revenge is he going to get in the bathroom? He's going to pee with the seat up. Like, I don't know what he's going to do.
0: He could go top shelf. (laughs) You
1: think he's good? You think he's going for an upper decker?
0: It's Newman.
1: (laughs) Newman can't even get up top shelf.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or he'll break the toilet. I mean, he might
1: just break it by sitting on it.
0: Cherry bomb? Yeah, there's a bunch of things that Newman could do.
1: I don't know what a cherry bomb is. Uh,
0: can, I, can, I, can I blow a hole
1: in your theory, Rob? Yes. Uh, that uh, this episode was actually filmed uh, right before the nonfat yogurt. Hmm. So in Seinfeld universe, that vow I don't think has happened yet, but I don't know how we view it. Episodes that come after other episodes that were aired, that were filmed. I'm
0: not sure if it's canon. Anyway, so he lets Newman use the bathroom. Newman goes in there, and he's looking for hairs. He can't find any, so he ends up taking the scissors. And Jerry is watching Edward hands, and it is funny when Newman is trying to cut a lock of Jerry's hair.
1: Yeah, this is a good scene. Again, very slapsticky, very unrealistic, but it's funny. Very
0: funny. So they end up sitting on the couch, and Newman cuts a piece of Jerry's hair and then he goes and runs off with it. I and mean, this was
1: very, you know, adept like how, how very agile from Newman to like, he cut a hair. He found it on the floor immediately. Like, I don't I'm not buying that. Yeah. <laughs> he says he dropped a nickel. I, I believe he would pick up the nickel, but it's very like he's cutting the little bit of hair and then he's finding it behind the couch right away. I don't know.
0: So again, Enzo is looking at the hair. Newman walks in and hands him the sample. Enzo says, uh, Io bolio vendetta," which is translation. I want revenge.
1: Yeah. Although I, I was reading on Google. Like, I think the grammar is not great. <laughs> I think it's like, I want to get revenge. Like uh, they weren't sure what he was trying, what he was, they think he was trying to say, I want to get revenge. All right. Yeah. I, I don't, you don't speak enough Italian to have no. an opinion on no. this. Right.
0: So we end up going to the charity auction. We see the first guy. He's like a guy from Harvard. He goes for like $1,000. And then Elaine has to announce Kramer. She starts off saying that he is a high school graduate (laughs) and then is corrected that he is a high school equivalency graduate. He's self-employed. He's 6'3", 190 pounds. He just got a haircut. Does this give us any more insight into Kramer? Yeah, I
1: like knowing that he didn't actually graduate high school. Not surprised, but I like knowing it. Yeah. And it's good to know they just got a haircut, although I guess we know that.
0: And it is funny when he falls off the stage.
1: Yeah, it's funny, but uh, we we don't find out how much he goes for, though. That's annoying.
0: I mean, based on what we see, you can't have Kramer go for $0 at the charity date auction and then every other episode, a woman falls head over heels for him. Like you can't have Susan's girlfriend. You're, b- you're bidding like
1: five grand on Kramer here. Right. But it's one person and nobody else wants to bid.
0: <laughs> I mean, the painting of Kramer went for a inordinate amount of money. It doesn't make any sense why Susan's girlfriend is leaving Susan for Kramer. The scientist is head over heels for Kramer. Now nobody at this place wants to bid for Kramer.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, they're just looking at him. They're not hearing him talk, but yeah, I agree. There's, yeah, it, it doesn't really add up to what we've been told so far.
0: If you're going to do a whole episode about how Kramer has the Cavorka, you can't have Kramer go for $0 at the auction.
1: Yeah, I uh, no, we're going to see that episode very soon.
0: Yeah, so I'm not sure exactly about this. It's not canon, I don't think, the auction. So we go back to Jerry's apartment. Him and Gino are watching Edward Scissorhands. Jerry doesn't get it. Gino is offended. Gino loves Edward Scissorhands. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, uh, why is Edward Scissorhands always on? <laughs>
0: I don't know if do they have the VHS.
1: And that's what they're doing? They're just watching VHSs of Edward Scissorhands?
0: It might be on HBO.
1: And everyone has cable back then? I don't know if everyone had HBO. I
0: don't know. I don't know I if mean, every
1: barber had HBO.
0: I think a lot of people probably had HBO in 1993.
1: By 93?
0: I think so. I think it. Did you have of HBO movies. in 93? I mean, that's probably how I saw Edward Scissorhands.
1: You had HBO in
0: 93? I did.
1: Okay. I mean, so did I, but I feel like we're like, uh, we're like early TV adapters. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, so then here comes Enzo. He comes to the door. And then uh, that the, Gino goes to hide. And Enzo says, I know he's here. I have your hair. I have the sample. Jerry knows it was from Newman. And so he is very upset. And Gino comes out. But the one thing that's able to unite Gino and Enzo is the great Edward hands.
1: Yeah, the through line through the whole episode. They, yeah. they cannot. I mean, he says he wants to kill them. And then a second later, he's just watching the movie and he's fine.
0: He was going to murder them. <laughs> so then we go back to George in his office. He's sleeping. Mr. Tuttle comes in and he wants to see what George has been working on. And he looks through the Penske file and he sees like, you haven't done anything with this.
1: Have you ever had that where like you did like a whole day of work and then like your boss comes in and you're on like, uh, you know, you're like doing something nonsense. But it's like I literally just started doing that after like five hours of actually working.
0: I probably have not had that. Really? Yeah. Why
1: were you always working or you were always doing nonsense and you're like, oh, <laughs> like, no matter depends. what time you came in, I was going to be on Twitter.
0: <laughs> Akiva, the story of me, I believe, is that I mostly in, in terms of as an employee, I think I work in like fits and starts. Like, I think I go like, you know, a procrastinate, 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 do nothing. And then, OK, now it's the deadline and now I'll do a lot of work all at once.
1: Oh, okay. So you're saying there would never be a day where you were both procrastinating like crazy and working like crazy.
0: Like there wouldn't be a day where there was a lot of productive work that came before a period of doing nothing.
1: Okay. So that's a very, you're, it's okay. but That's a very specific example, but you can at <laughs> yeah. least understand the concept.
0: I can understand the concept. So anyway, that he's beginning to wonder if George is doing anything. And so George says, well, maybe I'll go work at Penske. How about that? Put that Kiva. put that in your pipe and smoke it. George is going to Penske. I mean, this is
1: very presumptuous of George to like, um, I mean, just have the job already at Penske and uh, I'm going to quit here. Like at least wait until Penske hires you. And also Pensky is like the, one of their main clients. Yeah. Why are they fighting over this, you know, employee?
0: Yeah. Is there a non-compete there also?
1: I mean, do you usually have non-competes with your own clients? I guess that would be interesting.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Also, we find out that Tuttle definitely wanted to hire George. He says, I'm surprised you didn't take the big office.
1: Uh, George all he had to say here was like, I'm really sorry, but no one explained to me what my job is. Right. I've been waiting for you to come back so we could finally get down the brass. Like, I had
0: no training. I just got here and, and somebody handed me the file. I did not know what I'm supposed to do with it. Like, you really could have covered this better. Instead, George says, uh, you are aware that Penske is interested in me. And Tuttle is like, you're not Pensky material. And he says, let's just see about that. Ta-ta, Tuttle. And that's yeah, it.
1: A little, I mean, I don't, George could have played this a lot better.
0: I mean, we go from through, like, really five lines ago, he's like, uh, you know, talking about how he is, you know, um, in this. I thought you would have taken the bigger office. And then we go to uh, like a ta-ta. It's like the fastest we go from like, we're happy you're here to quitting.
1: Kind of crazy. But listen, George, that's what happens with George. People go from uh, zero to 60 with him all the time.
0: Yeah. And so we end up seeing it's a happy ending for uh, Gino and for Enzo. They're both uh, very emotional with the Edward hands. We end up with Jerry going to the barbershop, and Newman has now taken over for Enzo as the barber and is giving haircuts to people.
1: I guess they just left the door open and Newman came in.
0: Did Newman want to be a barber?
1: Yeah, well, he said uh, when he's sitting in the chair, he always wanted to be a barber when he was a kid.
0: Okay. And so we end up with Jerry getting out the shears and like in a very like sadistic way, like moving towards Newman and Newman just like crying almost like in Jurassic Park. Yeah, we
1: learn Newman is a real wimp in this episode.
0: Yeah. What and it's like, what is Jerry gonna do with
1: Newman? Yeah. And like why can't he fight back or run away? Like, why does he sit there and get his whole head shaved?
0: He was so petrified.
1: I don't know, Newman. Not impressed.
0: <laughs> and so finally. We end up with the closing of the episode. And then instead of stand up, we get a cold close where George is with Penske sitting with him and Pensky saying to him. Now you are aware that our board of directors has been indicted <laughs> and uh, we can't hire you. And George is like, of course. And then uh, George's car is being towed here.
1: Yeah. a Nice little, you know, reverse call back here.
0: Yeah, I like it. And then also we end up seeing Newman with a bald head and he can't go out for a while. What a wimp. <laughs> so that's yeah, no closing stand up I do like this better than the closing stand up
1: yeah which we're about to get rid of uh, after after the season and I think um, yeah I, I like this but it doesn't really like make sense that Jerry would shave Newman's whole head
0: yeah I hear that
1: because Jerry's a wimp too like Newman is a wimp enough to sit there but Jerry, I could see Jerry taking a slice maybe yeah but the whole head that's, that's like a half hour
0: is Newman bald in the next episode? I mean, if you're saying no, that the production no, 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 no. is the no. non-fat yogurt is next, like they don't make any attempt to have Newman be bald in the next episode. Yeah,
1: no, no, no. this is not like he shaves his head, but it magically grows back immediately.
0: Dream sequence. Yes. All right. So Akiva, where do you rank the barber?
1: You know, I liked it this time watching more than I had in the past, but not a ton, of, ton not a ton of memorable moments. I will say, the George Pensky stuff to me is the highlight of the episode. I agree. The Elaine C storyline goes absolutely nowhere, uh, really nowhere. And the barber stuff, uh, you know, I, I, you know, you don't really care for the wacky characters, so I, I would have liked to see maybe a little bit more of that. It was really funny, um, but I have this overall at one forty-eight.
0: One forty-eight. Okay, I mean, I could see it. Yeah, some Fine. people like
1: this episode more than me, but uh, not my favorite. I'm sure. I'm sure it was somebody's favorite.
0: All right. What about if this was in 2015? Would anything be different here? We talked about probably no auction.
1: Probably no auction, yeah. I would be curious to see if there are any auctions nowadays. But yeah, probably no auction.
0: Could Jerry go on Yelp and leave Enzo a bad review? Is that possible?
1: Oh, and then he gets busted. <laughs> he gets busted. Now we're very into like Seinfeld Today stuff. Um, well,
0: you know, I was reading, I think it was in the post, that somebody left a really scathing review on Yelp and they got sued for damages. They had to pay like a thousand dollars. Like this woman like had somebody come in and do some sort of work on her floors, and then she left like a really scathing review and called them con artists and scammers, and then they sued her and she had to pay a thousand dollars to the people that like ruined her floor.
1: Interesting. Um then, yeah, and then what would the movie be instead of Edward Scissorhands? <laughs>
0: I know is there some sort of haircut movie like barbershop I'm not sure maybe 2 on the nose. I feel like barbershop
1: 2 maybe I don't barbershop know
0: barbershop 2 I don't know exactly what the movie would be could still be Scissor hands could be the 25 year anniversary blu-ray or the Re- Yeah Re- they're watching
1: the blu-ray and they they're crying.
0: Yeah. Okay. So then Akiva we got an email in from the great Johnny De Silvera Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. He says, throughout the episode, the familiar Seinfeld slap bass incidental music is replaced with selections from Rossini's The Barber of Seville. Did you enjoy the music more in this episode? No, but I I do like, you know, there's
1: 180 episodes, so I don't mind when they switch it up for one episode, but it's a little too slapsticky for me. It's not my speed.
0: And Johnny also says that the conversation between Kramer and a bald Newman at the end of the barber is only rarely seen in syndication. So we've
1: established they cut a lot of the syndication because they have extra commercials.
0: Yes. So that's one of the things. And it wasn't canon.
1: Right. It's not canon, at least in our eyes.
0: Yes. Okay. And then Johnny wants to know, did either of you hear the female in the audience call out? Oh, no. When Mr. Penske showed up to see George.
1: Yes, I actually it was in my notes. I forgot to mention it. It is very audible. No, it's not when he shows up. It's, yeah, it's when it is. When it, when the secretary says, uh, George, uh, Mr. Penske is here to see you. And like the audience has like a really crazy reaction, but this woman very audibly screams. Oh no, (laughs) it is kind of funny. Who is that? George, like
0: George's mom.
1: I think it's just a big uh, George fan. who doesn't want him (laughs) to get him. No,
0: he needs this job.
1: I'm shocked. They left it in. It's like so audible.
0: Yeah. And
1: what are you going to do? Reshoot the scene. I don't know. I don't know. Like, Last God, week they reshot. Become, they reshot two of every scene. They couldn't reshoot. Reshoot this once.
0: I don't know. All right, well, keep. We don't have a lot of email this week because we are filming or, or recording this episode very early in the week. Typically, we record either Wednesday or Thursday, and this week we're recording on Monday because I am headed to New York where Seinfeld was set for the next live edition of Rob's podcast.
1: Yeah, is that is that a humble brag?
0: Not a humble brag. I don't know if there was any brag there at all.
1: <laughs> no, and, and it's the, you're not even trying to get people to buy tickets because you're sold out.
0: Yeah, the, the show is sold out. And I'm just saying that we don't have that many emails. So I'm thinking we'll probably get emails. We did a bad job of letting people know we were filming this episode or recording this episode earlier in the week. So a lot of our usual email uh, staples are not with us, except for Johnny Silvera who gets his emails in very early.
1: Uh, yeah, but uh, the good news is you have extra amount of time to get in next week's.
0: Yes. And what episode will we be talking about next week?
1: Ah, next week, the masseuse.
0: Okay. Very exciting. Got uh,
1: Elaine dating uh, a man who's got the same name as a serial killer.
0: <laughs> yes. The great <laughs> episode with uh, Joel Rifkin. That's right. Yes. And uh, we'll see exactly how much that storyline holds up as we go back and look at it. Akiva, what's the hashtag for this week's show? Uh, as I
1: think about a hashtag, you know what occurs to me, Rob? What's that? I believe we're well, this is episode 72 yes. out of 180, so we are exactly 40% of the way done now.
0: Ooh. Yeah, we're almost there. Yes. So what is the hashtag? Quarter life? What about like, uh,
1: you make of the joke, I cut of the
0: hair? <laughs> I think that's a very long and difficult to spell hashtag. True. Anything with Edward Scissorhands? Well, that's
1: long too, because like Edward Scissorhands is a long name.
0: What about Gino Sesternino?
1: I like that. Gino Sesternino is (laughs) good.
0: Yes. It's good as a hashtag, not
1: as a child's actual human being. The
0: rejected name that was uh, left by the wayside uh, when Dominic was born.
1: That's right. Gino Sesternino or 12 (laughs) Sesternino.
0: Ironically, Gino Sesternino or Gino Smith, at least, uh, wears number seven.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, seven, Gino, seven, Sister Nino.
0: Yes. And, and I'm ready for Geno Smith to come back.
1: If the Jets win the Super Bowl, will you name child number three after? And, and even if you weren't planning on having child number three, now you have to have one. And uh, would you name that after uh, whoever the Jets quarterback is when they win the Super Bowl this year? I
0: mean, probably not. <laughs> for really? a number of reasons. I think they, many of which we talked about at the top of the show, but also yeah. I get, but uh,
1: it, once you win the Super Bowl, it's like oh, they, there's nothing they can do to take that back.
0: Also, I don't think we really want to have a third kid, so I think that there's a lot of reasons why we'll say no.
1: But, but like just the opportunity. What about a second dog?
0: <laughs> You'd probably rather have the third. I'd rather kid. not. I'd rather not even have one dog at this point.
1: <laughs> Is your dog for sale?
0: Yes. Make me okay. an offer. I'll pay somebody to take the dog. Reyes. If, if I mean I feel like I'm like I will be like the actual Reyes. I will be like the uh Toronto Blue Jays. I will pick up salary on Jose Reyes.
1: You'll pay for the kibble. <laughs> yes. I don't know if dogs eat kibble.
0: Yes. Yes, please make me an offer. We'll throw in i will throw in whatever you want. How
1: long have you had this dog?
0: 9 years. 9 years
1: uh That's like much. pretty tough that you're over it.
0: Yeah. Well, I again, we're totally off the the Seinfeld thing, but th- I don't mind having a dog, but my wife wanted a dog. Oh, when you need a dog, I'd love the dog. I need the dog. And now my wife is like, hey, I can't take care of a dog. I have to take care of a baby. You take care of the dog. You walk the dog. You feed the dog. You're I didn't even want a dog. Now I have a dog that I have to take care of because nobody else is doing it. And it's very annoying.
1: Yeah, I feel like all animals are, you know, like you have to really account for like how big of a sort yeah. of ex- time expense it is. And, like my kids want a hamster, I'm like, I'm not dealing with a hamster.
0: Like, and my real problem is with my wife who doesn't even like the dog. And like, you wanted a dog. This was <laughs> your dog. Thick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> not that I'm rooting for you to get divorced, but if you got divorced today, who gets the dog?
0: Oh, I, it would be a fight as to who had to take her.
1: Oh, man, that's great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It would be like no, I don't want her. You want her, like what? Like if I had split custody, you take her. I, I don't. I don't want her. Uh, fine, I'll take her every other weekend if I have to take her.
1: I feel like it was all down. since the mess got rid of Jose Reyes. It was all downhill for Reyes the dog.
0: No, it was. Um, she jumped the shark when the when the baby when the baby came because then oh. Nicole because Nicole used to like. But I bet the baby loves the dog. The, he likes the dog. Uh, let's not get carried away.
1: I don't know my. I mean, I guess maybe like absence uh, makes Dark heart grow. I'm like. My son, when he sees a dog, he loses his mind. He
0: does like dogs. He is, he is okay with our dog. He does not seem to love our dog. Is he like the, the
1: dogs better or the garbage man better?
0: Oh, he loves the garbage a lot more than the dog.
1: Why did boys like a I didn't even know this was a thing because I had two girls.
0: Yeah, I had no interest in garbage trucks, I don't think.
1: Neither did I. I was all about sports. I, was only, I only had sports toys. I only cared about sports when I was a little kid. Yeah, still very, only care about sports.
0: All right. You think anybody's still listening at this point? No, no, no. Nobody, okay. but nobody
1: was listening to the Seinfeld stuff either. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
0: All right. So uh, subscribe to the Seinfeld Podcast. Go to Post Show Recaps after this. I don't know if this was the best endorsement to say go subscribe now. But if you would like to hear more stuff like we talked about in the first hour of this show, go to postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. We'll be back next week to talk about the masseuse. Thanks to Mike Moore for another great recap. It's Scott St. Pierre, who uh, we forced to listen to this stuff. but does a great job of editing it, and uh, we will talk to you again next week. Take care, everybody. Bye.